All right, hello everyone. Welcome to Heal Thyself episode number six. We've been doing a lot, been saying a lot, lots of uh, good conversation going around this uh, podcast and show. Um, before I do jump in and get started with anything, I want to give a gratitude to everyone who's taking the time out of their day to listen, uh, whether it be driving or at the gym or sitting at home, uh, watching the YouTube videos or even in the middle of work, whatever works for you. Um, I'm really grateful and I'm feeling really blessed to be in this position to be disseminating some information to you all that you may or may not have known or reinforcing some things. Uh, it's a beautiful position to be in. It is something that flows through me. Um, I don't get paid to do this. It's coming out of my soul. So uh, I'm very, very, very grateful to be doing this for everyone. So today we'll be going over a few things. You know, I have a really good topic to go over. I think you're all going to enjoy this one. A good product review based on actually a poll on Instagram. A lot of people really jumped in there and said, no, you need to please review this. So I listen to the people. And I have an awesome guest. This guest is very dynamic and fun and a friend of mine. So it'll be a good one. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into the Knowledge Bomb segment. All right, everyone. The Knowledge Bomb segment, BPA, bisphenol A. Why is it in the news? Why are you hearing about it in articles? Why are people's consciousness going, BPA? I feel like that's a bad thing. I'm going to go BPA free. What does that mean? What do we do about it? We need to talk about this. So BPA is uh, a chemical that's used in food and beverage storage containers. We see it in uh, thermal paper. We see it in baby bottles, infant toys. Um, and what happens is this chemical that's put throughout plastic is, is going into landfills and leaching into our water. On top of that, it's adulterating our food and drink, right? So I want to bring up the importance because go to the supermarket, look around and write a tick mark every time you see plastic and tell me that whole page isn't full of tick marks because everything is in plastic. So we have to empower ourselves to have a better idea about how to go forth and buy these uh, products uh, and whether or not they need to be safely, uh, they need to be in glass or they need to be in plastic or what, what can we do to empower ourselves? So anyway, uh, why is BPA bad? Um, why is it an issue? We know that this chemical leaches and what leaches means it just comes out of its stable state and into the food or drink, for example. And one thing that makes it particularly vulnerable is when it's in high temperatures, plastic that's exposed to high temperatures. That's why maybe your mom told you when you were little, never drink a plastic water bottle in the, in the car. I think mine did. Um, but, but yeah, there's a reason because there's an accelerated amount of leaching of the chemical into the water, um, but also in a overly acidic or overly basic states or um, foods, let's say like vinegar and plastic is something that's going to really start leaching that BPA. But anyway, why is it bad? Well, there was a really, really uh, large uh, survey done by the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, it's called, by the CDC. And what they found was BPA was in the urine of 93% of people. They tested 2,517 subjects. 93% of them had BPA. This is alarming because BPA metabolizes out of the body in a few hours. That means that 93% of that sample of people had exposure to BPA within the day. That is how uh, forceful it is in our environment. That's how, uh, that's how common it is in food and drink. So BPA has a structure. It's a phenolic structure, it's called. And what happens is when it leaches and it goes into our body, it mimics estrogen, right? So our body goes, oh, look, more estrogen. Well, estrogen is natural. It's a natural hormone that men and women have, but excess estrogen called xenoestrogens. This is something that is outside of our body, xenoestrogens. We're taking them in and it's, it's acting and stimulating these cells via these estrogen receptors to be thinking that we're having estrogen, getting signals that we have estrogen. That is not good. That's not a good thing. It can disrupt our hormones. Uh, we have a very elegant symphony of hormones going on. So imagine you're at an opera and there's a beautiful chorus playing. And then all of a sudden, one of the guys comes in and he's off key with a horn. You know what I think about? I think about a, a, an American Pie when that Petey was playing the horn and it just 
was sounded so bad during the symphony. Well, that's what it is, basically. It's a beautiful symphony of hormones and then just a horn disrupting the whole symphony and you hear it and it's hurting your ear. Well, that's what happens in your body. Your body goes, what the hell is this? I guess it's estrogen. Let's, let's just work with it accordingly. That's a major problem. Actually, BPA uh, was uh, originally made as a synthetic estrogen. Later, about 20 years later, then they started putting it in uh, as plastic uh, for storage and other, other materials. But anyway, it has an anti-thyroid effect as well. How many people, I mean, every single week someone goes, Dr. Gonzalez, hey, uh, can I make an appointment with you? My thyroid's a mess. The thyroid is such a delicate organ and it's something that's so vulnerable to BPA. Also, uh, I want to talk about its potential. We're starting to see the, the, the potential that it can be causing cancers, right? And in animal studies, we're seeing breast cancer, prostate cancer. Why? Those are hormonally driven cancers. And as I just mentioned, BPA is like throwing a jackhammer, a monkey wrench, and a forest fire all in one into your hormones. So uh, there was a quote in a, in a 2012 study that says, basically, the induction of cell proliferation comes with BPA. Cell proliferation is basically the character of cancer, right? Cells growing and growing and growing. And it produces something called oxidative stress. This oxidative stress is bad for your DNA. Oxidative stress will damage the DNA. Also, it alters cell signaling pathways. That means one cell can't tell another cell, hey man, calm down, stop, stop proliferating so much. Like, Let's all act as a unit, whereas these aberrant cells now that are being exposed to BPA are acting in an, in an abnormal way. They're doing their own thing, basically, like the black sheep of a whole family of cells, basically. Um, and then it's also, uh, it disrupts uh, signal pathways for uh, glucose homeostasis. So basically, these cells are, are, are not breaking down sugar the way they're supposed to. It's really, really concerning that this is something that Every day, at least sample size that is reflectant of our population, 93% of us are being exposed to. It's also implicated in diseases like infertility. As I mentioned, hormone-dependent tumors like breast and prostate. What about heart disease? There's data on that. How about PCOS? How many women out there are living with PCOS and drinking water bottles? and eating food out of plastic, drinking soups out of plastic, right? Touching thermal paper receipts every single day working in a store. This is sort of a soup that predisposes us to diseases. And how about other metabolic diseases like diabetes? So it's also implicated in childhood issues. So uh, what we see is this, basically prenatally, Infants and children are more susceptible to the, effect, the, the effects of BPA. Um, they're, just, they're just more delicate to it, we'll say. Uh, and it's, when it's, so it's associated prenatally uh, with neurodevelopmental issues, behavioral changes in children coming when they're, when they're born, uh, and then obesity and something called precocious puberty. That means there's basically these children are hitting puberty quicker. This is not a good thing. You're not supposed to hit puberty way earlier than you're supposed to. There's, there, the, there's a body clock that is, that is dictating when naturally those signals for puberty are supposed to occur, but it's accelerated by PPA. This can cause major issues as we grow older and down the line. It was actually seen in the cord blood in utero of, the, of these children, of these babies. So BPA is not just something where you go, no, oh, you know, it's fine, it's in my body, I'm getting rid of it. But if you're a pregnant woman, you should do everything to be avoiding this chemical, okay? Um, yeah, so infants are exposed to it via breast milk, uh, feeding bottles. Uh, so if you have a child and uh, you have a plastic bottle, you should absolutely be sure to throw it away. If it's old or scratched up, never put hot uh, fluid or, or, or whatever it is that you're putting into the, uh, the baby bottle. Make sure you never put a hot fluid in there or leave it in there overnight. Uh, you never heat it in the microwave. Uh, and if it's ever exposed, it makes sure it's lukewarm or room temperature, okay? As I mentioned, BPA has a short half-life. It gets out of the body fairly quick. But we have to be vigilant, understanding what our exposures are, where they are, and how we can get rid of them. Because what happens is daily exposure, daily exposure causes something called bioaccumulation. It builds up in our body over and over and has these 
estrogenic effects in our body and it's not a good thing. So um, there's a lot of controversy. A lot of the studies that show BPA is good is funded by chemical companies. So of course, what chemical company is going to say, eh, you know, BPA is bad. Let's, we, we, we got it all wrong. It doesn't work that way. Um, so make sure you don't microwave plastics. Reduce uh, your use of canned foods because we see the lining of the canned foods has BPA and that's leaching into the food. Um, and also the, the whole belief that BPA free is something that we should go for is something that is so false. Uh, a, UCA, a UCLA lab right, right up the street actually um, showed that BPAS basically mimics BPA. It's almost the same thing, sometimes even worse. It's something really sneaky that the plastic industry did. So with all that said, know your exposures, know where they are, know where you're getting BPA. Now you know what it does. And opt for something like glass, opt for something like stainless steel. Don't heat up your food in plastic, heat it up in glass, take it out. Try not to even store it in plastic. I have glass containers in my kitchen for everything. So it's all about reducing our exposures. Everyone, everyone will have BPA in their urine some way, somehow. That's just the way it is now. But you can reduce it, right? You can make yourself healthier. You can avoid all of these issues that BPA causes. So with that said, there is my knowledge bomb rant on BPA. All right. Today's product review. I was at Whole Foods the other day and um, I was in the yogurt section. I don't really eat alternative yogurts that much. There's one that I like in particular, but I was actually going for that one. And I decided, let me take a shot on Instagram and ask if I should review these uh, alternative yogurts, the non-dairy yogurts, basically. And there was a resounding yes, 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 yes. Please, yes, 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 yes. So why not? Let's go into it. Um, I want to talk about, as always, I start with the yogurts that are not on my vibe uh, that I don't like. And then I, I build up to my favorite. Um, I will say my favorite favorites, they're not here. I couldn't get my hands on them. The one that I liked was sold out and um, the other I didn't have time to get. I'm being honest. Okay. So let's start with my least favorite. We have three. So I just bunched them um, because they are all doing the same thing. And at this point, the way I talk about this, you all should probably be like, I feel like I know what Dr. Gonzalez is going to say, because you'll notice as you learn, as you grow, as you empower yourself, you will start to notice patterns because that means you're at a place where you're able to objectively look at foods with your knowledge you have and go, you know what? I, I, I kind of see this pattern. Now I see what companies are doing. And then at that point, you don't have to listen to me ever again. I'm just kidding. I hope you listen. Okay. So there's three. This is the Chobani non-dairy. And I believe Chobani has a really um, successful dairy line. Uh, Kite Hill and, oh God, Silk. If you listen to my almond milk one, you know how I feel about Silk anyway. But these three yogurts pretty much are three versions of the same thing with different packaging. I chose the blueberry ones because... I love blueberries. And if you recall, in my past episodes, I spoke about the importance of clean 15 and dirty dozen. Clean 15 being the foods that need to be, uh, don't need to be uh, organic, the ones that you could just buy conventional, but the dirty dozen, the ones that really need to be organic because they're so highly sprayed. Uh, and the 2019 Environmental Working Group list just came out. I suggest you look at it and memorize it or take a screenshot of it or write it on your phone in order to go to the supermarket uh, a lot more empowered. But these all have blueberry. We know that blueberries are very sensitive because they're so highly sprayed. Uh, one of the top ones that are highly sprayed. All three of these, they don't tell us if they're using organic blueberries. Uh, nothing on the website tells us we source our blueberries, non-toxic, organic. Uh, and all of these, aside from the Chobani, has a non-GMO label, right? Something that tells us, oh, great, you know, non-GMO. As I mentioned, as, like always, blueberries are not a genetically modified food. Most of the, most of the ingredients are here are not, not even genetically modified. So these companies are telling us that this is genetically modified. Great. Look at this emblem. I'm going to buy it because it's certified something. As I mentioned always, the USDA organic label will ensure us that the ingredients in here, including the blueberries, are organic. So same thing. I'll pull the silk one out. Oh, soy milk. Okay. Well, that's non-GMO. Blueberries, 
nothing about it being organic. Oh, cornstarch, natural flavors. Remember to, how, how I told you that was so ambiguous for so many things. FDA just, um, just defined that just with a huge umbrella. So we don't even have to have an idea about where it's coming from. And it can actually come from chemicals as well. Again, blueberry puree, other fruits, vegetable juices, doesn't even tell us about what vegetables, right? And not, not, not being organic. And then citric acid, which I spoke about recently, uh, like the last, the last episode, citric acid being, uh, not necessarily always from lemons and limes, but also can come from uh, mold that is grown on corn, which happens conventionally more so than not. So these three, Kite Hill, Chobani, Silk, um, they're sold pretty, uh, they're everywhere and I don't like them. So remember, if you're getting fla uh, fruit flavored, it has to be an organic yogurt. Uh, and I'm going to go into that now. The next one, before I talk about my favorites, is the sort of okay one. So say you're in the rush and you, you want to get, you want to grab a yogurt. Um, I wouldn't recommend eating it every day. Uh, the so delicious dairy-free blueberry yogurt, coconut, uh, because here, here's what so delicious did. They're, they were, they were, they were doing so well until the part where they added the blueberries, right? Because they have organic ingredients up till then. And then they just throw in the blueberries, again, not ensuring us that it's uh, organic, coming from more, more likely than not conventional. Uh, and and so, so, so Delicious actually makes um, coconut milks and they're more clean than this. I don't know why they sort of... Um, sort of just let the let the ball drop on this. But regardless, this is something that is just okay. It's not something you should have every day, particularly because it doesn't have organic uh, fruits in it. So look, if you're in the rush, you need to eat something, eat it, but it shouldn't be part of your diet. I will talk about one that can be part of your diet. It's the forager one. All right, so forager, you may or may not have seen this one. Look, the most important thing already when I'm food shopping is I see the USDA organic label. I know it has blueberries in it. That means that the blueberries are organic. I don't have to worry about toxins. I don't have to worry about it being sprayed with pesticides. I'm much more comfortable with this. Okay. So if you read the ingredients, uh, it's primarily made from cashews. Um, I don't know about their other lines, if they use other nuts or coconut, but um, I believe their, their selling point is that it's cashew based. Regardless, it's cashew yogurt. It has some cane sugar. So tapioca starch coming from cassava doesn't necessarily cause many digestive issues. Um, I like it. So that's, that's the first part. And then the other thing is locust bean gum. That's another thickener. It comes from carob trees. It's something that, again, doesn't cause much digestive distress for those. Some people may be particularly sensitive to it. That's okay. Just eat this and see how you feel. If it doesn't feel good, then don't eat it anymore, basically, because that's what's going to happen is it's either the starch or the gum that can cause some issues for that. Um, natural flavors, that's the only thing that sticks out for me because it doesn't talk about natural flavors coming from where, where it was sourced from. And we know natural flavors can have a really big umbrella range of, um, of sourcing. So that's the only thing. If you eat this, just know that it's pretty much one of the cleanest ones I found. But, but, but I didn't bring my favorite. My favorite, and we'll put a little, my, my, the, the, my superstar editors here will put a little picture. Um, it's called Lava, uh, L-A-V-V-A, I believe. And that yogurt is really clean. Actually, if you go to the website, it's one of the most beautiful websites. It's, it's so well done and aesthetically pleasing. I was just like, oh, this is a nice website. Let me go to the, let me just direct to the new page and direct to the new page. I was taken on a journey and I felt like I was on a tropical island. It was just really, really nice. Anyway, this yogurt um, is really clean, really clean. And they stress putting in probiotics. Okay. But it, the, the part that I like about it is it uses prebiotics via plantains. Uh, young plantains are high in something called resistant starch. And that's helpful at feeding the good microbiome, the good bacteria, the good guys in there. They go, yes, ooh, give me some resistant starch. Thank you. Let me uh, repay you in vitamins and protection and immune stimulation and gut healing and gut balance and bowel regularity, all that fun stuff. Regardless, um, Lava is really good, clean, organic. Um, it uses the organic uh, label, I believe. Yeah. But regardless, all the fruits in there are organic. It's a good one. 
Um, I've eaten it before. I've eaten the forager before too. They're all, they're both pretty good. Uh, so if you can, if you see it in the supermarket, I actually would suggest that one even better than the forager. The last one that I talk about is the GT Cocoyo. This is one that I actually like. I don't talk much about flavors and taste because my palate is just non, non I, I eat whatever I want basically um, because I'm not very picky. But but GTs, I will do a little disclaimer that it's a little bit tangy. Um, but GT Koyo or Kokoyo is uh, by uh, by the same company that's producing all the kombucha. It uses mostly organic ingredients across the board. It has really good flavors. Um, it's more pricey than it's coming in glass, which I like actually going back to BPA. It's coming in a glass container um, and it's pretty good. So again, let's just summarize. Kite Hill, Silk, Chobani. Um, trash, <laughs> so delicious, not that good either. And really Forager, Leva, and GT's Kokio are three of my favorites. So yeah, go to the supermarket. Now you know, you know what to shop for, you know how to, you know how to do it. And uh, now it's just a matter of taste. See which one you like and, uh, and support those companies that are doing right by you. All right, look, that was a product review. I can't wait to get my guest on. I can't wait to get her on because I don't even know what we're going to talk about. We didn't even prepare. We don't prepare. It's all organic, just like I like it. All right, we'll move on. All right, everyone. Our special guest today is a friend of mine. She is a superstar naturopathic student. She's an advocate, a really, really strong advocate for our medicine. So I really wanted to bring her in here so we can all be educated and graced by her knowledge. Um, yeah, so without further ado, this is Trish Ferrer from University of Bastier, Naturopathic mm. School of Medicine, and she is uh, an amazing person. Let's go into it. Wow. Thank you, Dr. G. I, guys, I did not pay him to say all of those things about me. Who mm -hmm. paid you for that? That literally came from my heart. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. We're getting emotional already. We haven't even started the podcast. <laughs> I, 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 was I was telling the, the listeners and, and viewers that none of this, we don't script it. We don't even talk about this, right? We no, just... this is fully organic, just like all the produce in his fridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, you've seen my fridge. And yeah. It's just like organic. the Leva yogurt. Yeah. It's yeah. all organic. Oh, my God. We're just going to see how it goes. Yeah. That's, you know? that's really, it's important for people to come in here and for us to just have a conversation that's organic. Yeah. I don't want want to have a, uh, an outline or bullet points about, hey, you know, let's talk about this. or let's talk. Yeah, No, yeah, yeah. we want people to feel like they're vibing and right. sitting with us. And so, right. and I know you're so good at just being on camera and you Thanks. do such good social media work. Thank you. I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. So, so tell me how, how good is this feedback that you're getting on social media? Are a lot of people going, Hey, what's naturopathic medicine or, or what are you doing? What school are you doing? Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. I feel like plants and balance has really evolved into being a platform for naturopathic medicine and kind of being the center of education and entertainment at the same time. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, for so long, the two worlds of education and entertainment have been so separate, but it's 20, 19, it's like, why can't we combine it and make it fun and make it accessible and make it so that people can really understand what's going on? Um, I think it's great. I feel like once I started school at Bastier and really started talking about naturopathic medicine and kind of planting the seeds for this um, other form of healthcare, people are starting to slowly gravitate towards it and asking mm -hmm. a lot of questions. So I think that that's really cool, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, at the end of the day, naturopathic medicine isn't meant to replace the current healthcare system. It's just about having a different option, right? Yeah, yeah. And we want people to feel empowered and take control of their health. And if they can do that through the form of medicine that we offer, I don't see what the problem with that is. Yeah. Media is great. This is why media is so cool and why it's so positive in this light because you can really touch people's lives in this way. And mm -hmm. just like with this podcast, that's exactly what you're doing too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the beautiful thing is that, especially in the past maybe five years, when mm -hmm. I was in school, I just got on Instagram just personally. Yeah. I didn't even start a doctor page years later until mm -hmm. after, way after school. So the the... The opportunity that we have now in our medicine is to educate people about what we do, how we can do it yes. through social media. Right. And I think that you're coming in as this generation that is just be being able to touch a wide array of people yes. with your words, with your knowledge, with mm. your experiences, with your entertainment, like yeah. to see, to, for people to be really engaged with you. And I think you are one of the best out there who's doing it, to be oh, honest. thank you. I think there's a component of like audience awareness because... 
you know, in our community, we can talk science all day, right? But the public doesn't really understand that. So it's like, how can we um, talk about these particular concepts like BPA or like, you know, dairy-free things or whatever it is, mold toxicity, and make it as simple and as digestible as possible, put it on media so it reaches a wide array of people and then they can implement it. Because I talk to people all the time about how, the only difference between a doctor and the public is the fact that we have a medical degree. Mm-hmm. But really, everybody already has the information for themselves to be able to empower themselves to be in a good place of well-being. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's it's beautiful the response you can get because mm-hmm. now people are like, oh, I didn't know that. I'm more empowered. I didn't know right. this. I have more knowledge. Right. And, and being able to just, like I said before, disseminate all this information to right. be like, this is what I'm learning in school. Check this out. Yes. And I'm sure that you've influenced one, two, ten people to be like, I want to be a naturopathic doctor. This is it's amazing. It's really cool. It's it's really cool. I talk to a lot of conventional medical students too, and it's been really interesting because they've actually come to me for different things. And that was a paradigm that I never thought would happen. I always kind of thought that maybe I would be the one asking them for advice or what they thought about particular topics. But it's so interesting how now that we've been putting this information out there, they've kind of been coming to us. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's really interesting how even people in the current healthcare system are really curious about it. I think that they're really hungry for that knowledge because they feel that shift happening yeah. and how powerful it is. Then there's a shift coming. It, it is coming. Yeah. I, I really feel it. And I think that naturopathic medicine is just one of those subsets that is just really untapped. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like once we can really tap into its true potential, it's going to blow up. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about that? Like naturopathic I, I know, medicine I, being like a little bit more mainstream? I, I First of all, I, I would love it to be even more mainstream. Yeah. I, I, I agree with the fact that there's an, there's an integrative shift, right? Like there's, unfortunately, conventionally, these practitioners are not learning a lot of things that really push for long-term health, mm-hmm. right? Like nutrition, for example, right? Oh, yeah. 23.9 hours on yeah. average, that's not enough for right. nutrition, a fundamental building block of health. Right. And we get, I think, at least almost 200, I think, yeah. just in class hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 200 hours. So yeah. that's so important for people to understand. So I see that now, like there's a nice integration, hopefully. Yeah. A lot of those old school doctors are like, I don't know what these herbs are. Right. I don't know what this food is. I don't right. want to deal with it. Right. Just right. take your medication and go. But mm-hmm. now conventionally we're seeing that people are sick of these medications. Mm-hmm. People are sick of just going in, having their symptoms, put a bandaid on it and go mm-hmm. home. Uh, our generation and younger, younger millennials, millennials are yeah. starting to become more empowered and putting value yes. on long-term health rather than putting a band-aid, band-aid on the symptoms. Something. You know? Yeah. We talk about that all the time. It's like the the idea of longevity. You know, I feel like we have kind of perpetuated a society where we just really need those short-term goals right away, but we mm. always forget about the long-term things, right? So it's like if we can empower the public to think long-term, that's always the best way to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's so interesting too. It's like when you really break down the different principles of naturopathic medicine, whether it's with nutrition, using herbs to heal yourself, all of that stuff has already been there for a really long time, yeah. right? It's just about being able to like go back to your roots, reground yourself and reconnect to that. And then that's how you're going to find some really great results and true health. Yeah. No, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. You're going to be a good doctor. <laughs> speaking you just stay speaking true our language that. right now. Yeah, We're this is, for this, this is, language. well, two, you put two naturopaths yeah, or together. ready for to be a naturopathic doctor. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people, oh God, there's so much confusion. There is, yeah. There's a lot of people who want to understand what we do or like, What's a, what is functional medicine? What's naturopathic medicine? Yeah. What is, um, where do you go to medical school? What's your degree? So um, maybe we can just clarify or simplify something for yeah. the public to let them know what what we do, how we do it, and maybe what other disciplines are like too. Sure, Whatever sure, you want. sure. So you want me to talk about what I think naturopathic medicine is? Well, or? no, I want you to just talk okay. about like, just to clarify, right? Okay, the, the, yeah. what, what the spectrum is of naturopathic doctors, where to find a naturopathic doctor, mm-hmm. or just empower the people so they know, I want. oh, now I want to see a naturopathic doctor. Yeah. Where do I do that? How do right, I do right, that? Right. Where do I find one? Okay. Yeah, you know, um, to be honest, I think that the biggest 
problem, which leads to all the confusion in naturopathic medicine, is that there is no universal standard for how people define the medicine, right? It's all up to perception of like what you're doing as a naturopathic doctor. So when people ask me like, what is naturopathic medicine? I always say the same thing. We're conventionally trained, but naturally focused. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, that's, you, that's, that's a good elevator, like that? elevator line. Do you right like there. that? Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so basically naturopathic doctors go to a four year accredited naturopathic medical school. So not only do we learn all of the, uh, biological sciences like anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, pharmacology, et cetera, et cetera, so forth. We also learn a lot of disease prevention and wellness opti- optimization therapies like nutrition botanical medicine, homeopathy, Mm. and how we can combine everything together so that we are in a place for longevity. That's kind of how I like to talk about naturopathic medicine. So the first two years you go through your basic sciences, right? This is just a standard model for any kind of medical school program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the last two years you go into your clinic rotations where you go into different, you know, specialties like PEDS, IM, um, autoimmune, whatever it is that you are interested in. That's where you learn what you love. That's where you learn what you love. Yeah. Yeah, That's me currently right now. I'm just like shifting through a lot of different things, figuring out what I like and I don't like. I still have a hard time figuring out what I like, but I definitely know what I don't like. So Mm -hmm. that's really good. Um, And then once you're done with your four years, you have the choice to go into a residency Mm -hmm. and then you can specialize then and then you're out in the workforce. So as far as like the standardization of the medical school process, it's in cahoots as a conventional program, like an MD or a DO program. I think just the philosophy is different and the way you're approaching and seeing your patient is different. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's like not only do we see all of our patients, yes, you know, as part of like signs and symptoms, but we really get to the root cause Mm -hmm. of things and like seeing them like mentally, emotionally, physically, mind, body, spirit, yeah, holistically, if you will. Holistically. I think, I think a big surprise that people have when they first see naturopathic doctors is they Mm -hmm. go, well, what is going on? Why is this visit so long? Right. Yeah. Because we spend, we spend (laughs) about an hour, hour and 10 minutes, hour and 20 minutes sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've sat for an hour and a half with patients with really complex cases, but they go, what is, it's supposed to be 12 minutes, five minutes, you know? And I thought I was going to be in and out of here for my 1230 appointment. I know. But, but here's the thing. I, I always suggest if you're ready to put in work, then you mm-hmm. come see a naturopathic doctor. Because if you want to put in Band-Aids, yeah. go to conventional, right? Because they're right. so good at treating what's going on. Right. But And not to demonize them, right? Demonize, there's, but, there's a place for all types of medicine, but mm-hmm. naturopathic medicine, I feel like, really attracts a certain kind of population. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's those people who know that they have to start shifting lifestyle stuff, yes. dietary stuff. Yes. Right. And it's so important for these people to be empowered enough to know, okay, I'm ready for longevity, long-term health, prevention. Right. You can't see prevention overnight. No, not at all. It happens over a while, over a while. And I see that in cancer, right? Everyone wants to change their life when they have stage three cancer. Right. Right. But what happened 20 years before? Mm -hmm. And and most of the time, it's not even their fault because we're not putting the education out of longevity, long-term health. Let's look at your... Hormones, for example, mm-hmm. are you breaking down? Are you breaking down estrogen, carcinogenic forms? Right, right. right? Because if you're not, yeah. and that's happening over 20 years, you're really predisposing yourself to. Oh, absolutely, cancers. absolutely. And that's the thing about lifestyle too. I feel is that um, there. I, I feel like people are starting to see the value in that. And I think I read a statistic once, like months ago, and it was like um, along the lines of over 80% of diseases are all caused by lifestyle. Mm. So it's really interesting, right? Like once you hit that lifestyle piece and you start working on mental, emotional health, you start working on diet, you start working on exercise, just like really simple things like drinking more water, having great relationships, Mm -hmm. great sex, Mm -hmm. laughing a lot, just simple things that kind of fit into your everyday life. Everything else just kind of comes together. Yeah. So it, it's just the, the lifestyle component in naturopathic medicine is so, so interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. You know? Because we overlook it so easily. Yeah. Right? You How know? many people don't put value on anything you just said? Right. Not understanding right. the foundations to long-term health and right. how the to build it up. The foundations of health. Yes. Yeah, and but but again, that that just uh, emphasizes what you said about society being so fast, so mm-hmm. quick, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I'll I'll go to the gym really quick, right? You know, how how can we take the path of least resistance to our own growth? That's yes, what people want to do. Absolutely, right? it's just so hard sometimes. 
you know, I feel like there there's always this like a little bit of a mind body component to mm-hmm. it. And there's like a conscious component to it. It's not that like when I see patients in the clinic, it's not that they don't want to eat healthy or it's not that they don't want to exercise. It's almost kind of like it's not a priority for them because there are other things in their life that are holding them back. Like right. A shitty job mm-hmm. or maybe like a toxic relationship, yeah, yeah. right? Like all of that stuff fits into lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. And so when you have all of those things kind of holding you back and holding you down, I'm not encouraged to eat an extra serving of vegetables right. or like do that 20 minute hit workout. Right, right. Right. E- and so, even, even on the deepest level, your own self-worth and your own self-value, right? Yeah, exactly. Do I deserve to be healthy? Right. Believe it or not, I've seen so many people self-sabotage themselves right. for those particular reasons. Yeah, you know, yeah. They it's can have a good job. That. They can have a good partner, yeah. but it's what's their relationship with themselves? Right. Have they forgiven? Have they let go? Have they grown? Right. And, um, that's you see how complex and it unfortunately is, yeah. the the paradigm that conventional doctors work in mm-hmm. they can't sit down with you and be like right well, what's your relationship with your husband right right mm-hmm. because they have 15 other patients to see mm-hmm. in the next 2 hours mm-hmm. and that is a paradigm that i believe needs to rework itself and or needs to integrate with people who can do that and do it yeah. well so that my my goal is that we're all one big happy family working together right. and people are realizing and um reaching their potential at, at their best health yeah the people who want to again yes yeah to reinforce yeah. that i really love integrative medicine mm-hmm. i think that there's a shift for it and people are really craving that um but i i'm also a little nervous about it mm-hmm. you know what i mean Why? um especially with the rise of functional medicine and like working with naturopathic medicine i feel like I feel like sometimes in the integrative medicine world, naturopathic medicine gets forgotten a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, because I feel like all of the philosophies and the education that's in functional medicine comes from naturopathic medicine. Well, we started by a functional doctor. I mean, a naturopathic doctor. Right. So that's why I'm kind of like, I don't really know how I feel about functional medicine being on the rise and the fact that you can just get a training for the weekend and call yourself a functional medicine doctor. That's a little sticky with me, you know, because it's like we're slaving away at a four-year program Mm -hmm. at a residency. Mm -hmm. And then you have people who do these seminars for the weekend and all of a sudden they're a functional medicine doctor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know people who I know a particular person who never, not that this is saying that this is whatever, but right. didn't graduate even high school, but now teaches people functional medicine. Interesting. I, yeah. For me, it's very unclear as to what the boundaries are of what you can do mm, in the in the functional that. realm. Yeah, I don't understand that because yeah, how is this person doing f- seminars? Yeah but never even went to college. Yeah. What is, so what, what certificates is functional medicine giving? Yeah. So we have to be really more empowered to understand what we're getting into with a functional practitioner. I feel like empowered is our word of this podcast. I think it's like the word of the day. Yeah, it really fits the theme. theme. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit. That's, I think, I think that that's important to talk about is how to properly identify yourself mm-hmm. in this medicine, mm-hmm. right? Because um, we, we touched a little bit on it earlier about having no universal process and no standardization process for naturopaths versus naturopathic doctors versus functional medicine doctors, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that... If you don't properly identify yourself in this medicine, it can be very dangerous and also very unethical. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because there's really big uh, accounts on Instagram yes. that they they pose as uh, a naturopathic doctor. Yes. Right? And then that I come to find not. out they're not even a naturopathic doctor. <laughs> and I just found out so recently. I'm like, yeah. you know, this guy's putting Yeah, out. we talked about that. Yeah. And, and I don't, that I in many ways, that maybe that, that doesn't lessen the education that he's disseminating for us, right? 100%. But I, I, it's, I thought you were a naturopathic doctor. Yeah. You know, and, and it's this, this jargon or these loopholes that people use to yes. just, you know, label themselves as something. But yes. God, there's so many loopholes. How does yeah. one find a, a legitimate naturopathic, four-year trained yes. doctor, residency, learn about everything that they right. want to know? Is there, yeah. how do they find that? So we can know? talk about that a little yeah. bit. So as of right now, there are, there are only six, right? Six accredited mm-hmm. naturopathic medical schools. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
Yeah. So if you're looking for a naturopathic doctor, make sure that they have an ND behind their name mm-hmm. and make sure that they're open to talking about where they went to school. I think mm-hmm. that that's really important because the thing about the whole word naturopath, which is, which I just want to just eliminate, you know, it sucks because there's mm-hmm. no, there's no like copyright yeah. on the word naturopath versus naturopathic doctor, which is why it's so confusing. Yeah. And a lot of naturopathic doctors right now are still kind of using the words interchangeably, which makes it even more confusing for the public. And I mean, even people in our own profession are confused about it, which is mm-hmm. just so crazy, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, I, the term naturopath is, is really interesting to me because it's, it's kind of similar. Um, there is like a certification process that's offered online. And like you said, it's not that their education isn't good or it isn't valuable, but it's not accredited through the governing body of the U.S. Secretary of Education. Mm -hmm. So if it's not accredited, they're technically not physicians and they're Mm -hmm. technically not supposed to be you know, diagnosing you, ordering labs, mm-hmm. or acting as a doctor. Which this it's, guy is. Right. Yeah. It's it's unethical. And mm-hmm. I think that's piss poor medicine. Sorry. Yeah, it is. I agree. You know, and who knows, maybe the intentions behind it are good and they're well-oiled and, you know, it's, it's coming from a good place. But I think that if you're not properly identifying yourself, that can be very dangerous. You could be hurting a lot of people and that's mm-hmm. not cool. You know, naturopathic medicine is really progressing right now. And I think we are really paving the way to some really awesome and cool shit. Mm-hmm. And I would hate to see something happen because of something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so if someone's looking for a naturopathic doctor, <laughs> going back to that, make sure they have an ND behind their name or an NMD, which is naturopathic medical doctor, which I also think it's bizarre. They they should just leave it as ND, naturopathic yeah. doctor. It's just yeah. so silly. Um, and know what school that they go to. There are only six accredited naturopathic schools. If they go to one of those schools, they're good to go. Ask them. Yeah. Ask right? them, be open to it. And my experience is that if people are open to talking about where they went to school, I think that that's legitimate. Yeah. You know, if they're trying to hide it, mm, probably not a good scenario. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and again, not cool, right? Not, not cool, cool. Not cool. Because yeah. how you can't, it, I don't know how responsibly you can treat, diagnose, give prognosis. Yeah. Uh, order labs. Yeah. It, that, I don't, I, it, that's, it's really a hazy uh, area for mm-hmm. people who want to look for these practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, the American Association of Naturopathic physicians? Yes. That that's they have a database, right? Where they you can do. look okay. Yeah, they are the organization that you can go to to look up licensed practitioners too. Mm-hmm. And every single state that has naturopathic doctors has a website where you can just put in their name to see if they're mm-hmm. licensed. Mm-hmm. So there's many routes that you can take to kind of validate the practitioner that you would want to go see. You just have to do the work to, to be able to do that. Yeah. So you can do it through the AANP for sure. Cool. Mm-hmm. Look, we've now we've empowered, empower the keyword, empowered yes. so many people to now go, all right, look, I want to look up a naturopathic doctor. I know yes. what to do. I know what they're about mm-hmm. and I know how to find them. Yes. Yeah. Because this, I, I do believe that this medicine is just with our generation, right? Yeah. We're being able to just touch people so much more than the older, old school cats, right? Yes. They were doing their own thing, but you know, now we're just have such wider reach. Yes. And this is awesome. So we have a lot of responsibility on us to yeah. Be, be transparent. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's the beauty about naturopathic medicine, honestly, is that we're able to cast a really wide net, mm-hmm. you know, cause natu- man, that's the, that's, that's why naturopathic medicine is fucking awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. You can do so much, so much, so much with it. And like you said, you can touch people in a way that they might not even know that they could be touched before. Yeah. You know, even just the intention of being able to like listen to them. I think people are really craving that. Yeah. You know, and something that I do with my patients too is just the intention of even touching them. Like I do pulse manually just mm-hmm. so that I can touch my patient and have yeah. that intention. And that shit is powerful, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's about connection. It is. And and you really need that. If you're in a sphere of trying to heal, you have to have a connection with your healthcare team. If you don't, that's just not going to encourage you to be in a space that you would want to do that. Yeah. Right. There's the empowerment piece again. Empowerment. Boom. Yeah. No, that's, it's it's beautiful because there's so many routes (laughs) that, that people can, when, when we go to school, we Mm -hmm. learn so much. We're like, 
you have like a tool belt yeah. of every single modality. Mm -hmm. And it's really which one resonates with you so much. Right. I've, I mean, I have some superstars in my class that are doing just mind body stuff. Right. And killing out in Connecticut. Killing it. You yeah. know, uh, I chose to do cancer stuff. Yeah. I, I, some people love the endocrine stuff, but at the end of the day, these specialties don't just focus and put a magnifying glass on totally. one area. Yeah. Like just because I do oncology, I don't just look at a tumor with a magnifying glass. Of course. Of it's course. head to toe inside out, yeah. full body. So at the end, because why we come back to our principles of right. the way we approach medicine. Right. How much healthier would the world be if they just, every doctor applied our principles? Oh, this yeah. is not me, me being biased. These are universal principles that can apply to every medicine, every practitioner. I agree 100%. And I think that's, that's why it's happening right now. And I think that that's the reason why people in conventional healthcare are really like coming to us yeah. for collaborations to yeah. work together. They have a lot of questions because I think they are finally seeing the value yeah. in our principles. And I think that that's great. Yeah. It's an, you know, it's like, it's an opportunity to work together. I feel like if we can get people of different specialties and expertise together, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. It, why, right? why not? It's like, a, yeah. it's like an all-star team. Right. Why not get the all-star teams? Yeah, but it's hard, dude. The ego, you there's know. There's too much ego because ego there's so much threat. Ego plays a role in, uh, in, in being a doctor, Shit, you know. Ego plays a role in everything. Everything, I'll yeah. I'll never forget <laughs> in, my, in my residency, I was uh, with, I used to do meetings every morning and I was with one of the oncologists and he pulled me mm -hmm. aside and he goes, Christian, you have to have more of an ego in medicine. <sighs> and I go, really? And he yeah. goes, he goes, yeah, you need to be, you know, because I guess he saw me so down to earth and doing my own thing. And he told <laughs> That's me- That's bad. Don't be down earth. <laughs> yeah. He needs to, I need to have more ego. Yeah. And I just didn't understand, was that a microcosm of the whole hospital? I just, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't get it. Like, cause yeah. I'm kind of on my own vibe and that's not my vibe. Totally. But you're right. There's so much egoic thoughts and threats, right? There's a lot of ego in naturopathic medicine too. Yeah, hell yeah. It, well, I, I guess mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's part of it's like everywhere. the human condition, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. way, you know, we approach things. So yeah. it just, that's just- a version of fear. Yeah. It's a version of fear. Right. You know? I'm, I'm over here like, listen, if this patient's going to get better, you, you know, you can be the most dogmatic doctor in your own right. Yeah. But if you know something that's going to get this patient better, welcome to the team, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. the way I do it. And I hope that that stays with people the further that they go. Because I talk to a lot of medical students, both conventional and naturopathic. And I feel like it's almost like the, sh the it, there's this weird like brainwashing shift that kind of happens, right? Like everybody comes into medicine because they're really patient-centered. And then after all the training, the schooling, the grind, you know, everyone's tired it it kind of shifts a little, yeah. don't you think? But maybe in naturopathic medicine, and obviously we're biased, so I, I, I don't know. I feel like naturopathic students who turn into naturopathic doctors are still very patient-centered, and I think that that's really cool. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, we, co we come out because yeah. we're so focused on the patient as a whole yeah. rather than the symptoms and disease, right? right? So right. we don't have magnifying glasses. We look at the whole body. Yeah. So we're sort of ingrained in this knowledge that once we get out, we're like, oh, well, your adrenals are a mess, but let's talk right about now. your, <laughs> let's talk about your ovaries. Let's talk about yeah. your thyroid. Let's talk about your brain, yeah. your axis. Let's talk about everything as a whole and how mm -hmm. I say symphony, like is your yeah. body I like that. Act, acting as a symphony because everything's so delicate and perfect and balanced. Yeah. It's like an uh, orchestra. It's an orchestra. That's a great analogy. I'm going to steal that. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> it came, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> if I was an egoic doctor, that wouldn't come yeah. up to me <laughs> if I listened to that doctor. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's shift gears. Um, what do you want to talk yeah. about? Um, well, we can, we've talked a lot about empowerment. What warms I your think. heart? You know, uh, man, I got yeah, I got a lot going on right now. Mm -hmm. I let's let's talk a little bit about why don't why don't we dive into some mental emotional things? Oh, this is my we, realm. Uh, we love a good mental emotional conversation. Yeah. Um. So, guys, I I put a little question box out on my Instagram, and I was like, hey, me and the guy, me and Doctor G, mm -hmm. we're collabing. It's mm -hmm. gonna be great. What should we talk about? Because we love to shoot the shit, right? Yeah. About random random things. Everything. Let's talk about self-love from a man's perspective. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, this is good. All right. Okay. Uh, what why, do you think? Why am I nervous? I don't know. <laughs> why are you nervous? This is your podcast. I know, Actually, right? I'm going to be taking over, guys. This is my <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> uh, self-love from a man's perspective. Shit, we, 
We are uh, taught as men to be hyper-masculine so much yeah. and not understand that there's a yin and a yang, yes. right? We have a balanced masculine and feminine energy. And most men that I meet just, you know, relations, talking to people, vibes, whatever it is, mm -hmm. there's the same consciousness that's permeating in in men as, as a masculine, right? Yeah. Where any sort of divine femininity coming in is totally to be pushed away because right. why it, it coincides with uh, vulnerability. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. How many times I, when I was little and I used to fall down and hurt myself, I was always told not to cry, right? Mm. You know, I'm tough. Mm -hmm. I got to be tough. Mm -hmm. And that's great in many ways because, you know, sometimes the world can be tough. Yeah. But how, how, what does that tell to a child growing up as a man where they, uh, a boy growing up to, as a man, where how can we get in touch with emotion? Right. What is this? Oh, what is this emotion that I feel? Mm -hmm. And then when we suppress those emotions, they come out in other ways, right? right? How common and cliche is a theme where, I don't know. He just doesn't open up to me. Yes. I just can't connect with him. Every right? man. <laughs> every, every man. But doesn't, I'm kidding. Not every man, but you get it. But doesn't that yeah. say something about how we're raised? Yes. The consciousness, the yes. suppression, the lack of vulnerability, the lack of being in touch with who we are yes. and our emotions, right? Yes. And and then it just it just gets so distorted and disheveled in the way we approach relationships. Yeah. Uh, just relations with anyone, mm -hmm. networking, our own relationship with ourselves. Yeah. And I do think that there's such a need for men to be empowered. Yeah. Such a how, need. How do we do that? You know, because when it comes to a female audience, at least on my platform, you know, I do a lot of empowerment pieces. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of self-love on Plants and Balance. And the majority of my audience is women, or if I have men, um, they're usually commenting on my photos, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. they're not really involved in the, what I'm, yeah. the action that I'm trying to make. So it's like, how can we reach men in the way that they can kind of thread that line and be okay with it and not having yeah. to feel like, oh, whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, there's over here in LA, there's a lot of uh, meetups that are like empowerment meetups for men, right? Cool. Um, of course, in LA. There's a lot of, yeah, I mean, it's in, it's LA. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done one, but there's a few that there's, I know one of the guys who runs one. Mm -hmm. um, and what they, what they do is they, every weekend they gather and they just talk and yeah. they do man stuff like, Yoga? Is that even a man thing, right? See, right, that's right. the thing. It's like man stuff. Right. What it's is like, man wh stuff? Where is exactly. this de designation from like female things to like men things, like right. pinks and blues? Like who the fuck made this shit up, right. these rules? Society. Yeah, dude. Right. But, but they, who runs they society, right? Yeah, right. It's, yeah, this, is, this is just like a philosophical conversation. Yeah. But they get together and they, they do things that empower each other and they right. talk, right? right? There's other groups where they open forums to be vulnerable because... Maybe my my own thing is that I can feel the reason I have so many females in my life is because right. it's easy to resonate, it's easy to vibe with them, it's easy to open up, right? Okay. I found my own divine feminine energy, right? And I'm very comfortable in it, in right. it right? Absolutely, right? I'm, yeah, I can be that and be in good balance with myself. Right. But I find that in my own experience, that it's difficult for me to even connect with men. Because there's a difference in that mm -hmm. vibration, right? Um, Do you think it's, it's more like a closed off? Closed off, okay. right? Yeah. So, so it, it in, and then that translates to a vulnerability and opening up around other men, mm -hmm. right? Because how I haven't grown up like that. Yeah. You know, I haven't had many experiences like that. Right. It's easy to vibe with women because it's easy to open up because right. they're very intuitive. They're very, uh, they, 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 we can just flow with conversations. Men Whereas, need women, man. And yeah, women you, need men, yeah, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Yin and yang, right? Yeah. So so yeah. in these man groups, right? These man empowerment groups, it forces you to be vulnerable to open up when there's not a female in the audience. Right? Interesting. And and you're like, well shit, I really have to talk about my relationship with my wife or my right. my my dad or right. whatever it is. And that's so powerful because Do you that think it's pushes a safety you. thing? For sure. I mean, yeah. like, we allowed to be vulnerable as men, right? Aren't we yeah. supposed to never be vulnerable? We have this armor that we're, you know, we're knights. Right. And uh, yeah, it's, it's something that is unfortunately uh, the, the, it's like the, the dismay. It's, it's the tragic ending to uh, the masculinity where right. we think, we think this is supposed to be who we're supposed to be. Right. 
when in reality, we're so much more than that. Yeah. I think that, again, like it, this brings back like the ego component too, mm-hmm. to it. You know, it's like once, I mean, you need ego, right? To keep you on your toes, to keep you in protect balance you. and in alignment and protect right. you. Um, but if there's a way that we could like dissolve that a little bit for balanced relationships, whether it's like personal, friendly, romantic, professional, yeah. whatever, I feel like men and women could have an amazing synchronicity if both sexes can kind of like compromise on that a little bit because it's the same thing with like the fem nazis right the feminist movement mm-hmm. is that um there's there's so much power in being a woman mm-hmm. and i don't I, I i have never really understood why women are forcing this issue to be just like men yeah because that's the beauty is in the difference like yeah. you were saying earlier like women are just a little bit naturally a little bit more intuitive compassionate empathetic not that men aren't but i feel like it's a lot easier for women you know and minus like equal rights and equal pay i don't see why women are kind of forcing this issue to be just like men because that's that divide is what makes us really special yeah like we will never be like men and i think that that's okay yeah Right? As long as we can hone in on that, a little bit of that yang energy too. Yeah, yin and yang. Yeah, the yin and yang. Like sort of yeah. leaking into each other with our own strengths and yes. weaknesses. And this this even brings up the topic then in relationships, how do we show up, right? Because right. Yeah, it, let's talk about that. Yeah, because a, a lot of <laughs> a lot of us will have uh, hyper-masculine selves and mm-hmm. then expect our partner to be hyper-feminine, yes. whatever relationship t- you're in. Right. But... but so much issue happens when a female is in her masculine, right? Right. And then you go, wait, wait a minute. What am I supposed to be now? Right. right? Look at right. her being quote unquote assertive. Look mm-hmm. at her, you know, running and doing and putting lists and doing mm-hmm. all of these very masculine energy things. Mm-hmm. It sort of puts a man in a in a place that he or she never, you know. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they can provide, I guess. And maybe that's, that's why many times men are very threatened by women who are also bringing up their masculine energy, right? right? They want they want a woman only in her feminine energy, so I can be my masculine. This right. is how society taught me, right? She's supposed right. to be something for me, you know. Right. Like you know, she's supposed to do her own thing in her feminine energy, right? But it's a balance. Yeah. What do you think about like the relationship component? For I mean, you're very dateable, <laughs> right? Your female audience loves the idea of wanting to date you. Are you are you in a place that you're ready to date? I didn't even know that the female artist feels feels like that about me. So I mean, you're a snacksident, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I've actually been called a snack. That's funny. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, um, I know. You've told me before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I've jumped into things. Mm-hmm. I've had a pattern, basically, mm-hmm. where I go, oh, well, look, we broke up. We broke up. We broke up. Yeah. And not noticing that all of these things are being perpetuated by my own traumas that I never let go of, by my own lack of relationship with myself. And as the spectrum of my own dating life happened, I saw, well, holy shit, that was just me messing up all these things. It was this person putting a mirror to me and going, hey, Christian, Mm -hmm. here are your scars, here are your traumas, here's something. And then me looking over the mirror and being like, I'm going to villainize you instead because you are a medium to Mm. my own pain and things that I need to let mm-hmm. go of. So I think as I progress in that spectrum, especially the last few relationships, the past two, they've showed me so much about myself that I've exploded in my own understanding of who I am. Right. And I've I've put in work daily to yeah. address those traumas and scars yeah. to be able to show up to any, yes, I am dateable, but to show up in any relationship, <laughs> to show yeah. up in any relationship that uh, I, I can come there uh open as like a white canvas yeah. because knowing that I've opened up myself and let go of things that don't serve me. I love that. I love that. I I wholeheartedly believe in that. It's like being able to kind of like transform on your own Mm -hmm. and be at peace with who you are. I mean, we're transforming all the time and we're evolving continuously, but I think that that relationship with self is always first and foremost. Because at the end of the day, you only really have yourself, right? So it's like you need to be good with yourself before you can kind of give yourself fully to another person. Well, that's what I tell people. They put so much uh, self-identity into um, relationships. Yes. Right? It gets wrapped around it. Yeah. Yeah. I am Christian uh, with Trish, right? Like I know my identity because I am with you. Right. But let's say we were to break up, yeah. all of a sudden then I'm like, well, who the hell am who I am now? Who am I? Yeah. Right? That's why we say a person should be an asset to your 
own self. Yes. Never define you as a person. Yes, right? I agree. Loving relationships, they should be an asset to your own growth. Yes. But, um, but unfortunately, people seek to... Uh, Thera- just put therapy and and heal those scars via another yes. without ever putting in the work to do them themselves. So yeah. you know, oh, she makes me feel good right. because she makes me forget about the shit Yo, that I need to deal with. It's painful to do work by yourself sometimes. Well, yeah, I yeah. took a whole year. I didn't go out. I didn't drink. Yeah, I didn't date. Yeah. I took that whole year to just work on all the things that that relationship showed me. Right, because it was like it's sort of like. It sort of like took removed a potato sack from me and being like yeah. the vulnerability of being nude. Oh, After yeah. that, I'm like, well, well, those are my scars. Those yeah. are my demons. Let me ascend from these. Yeah. And once I did, I dated the last person I dated. I was like, well, that was a lot more healthy than I thought. Yeah. And all those things that come up again, like the universe shows you. Yeah. Uh, here are your vulnerabilities. They come up, and I was like, oh, whoa, I didn't <sighs> even flinch. They just. It the universe stick. has it just, a way, man. It just comes and goes, you yeah. know? But my, my ultimate work right now is in opening myself, opening my heart okay. because there is the man, right? Lack of, lack of being able to open up myself fully to a person, loving, right? right? It's just protection. You need to go to one of those uh, empowerment men meetings then. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to let me know how that goes. Yeah, we, they jump in the ocean <laughs> at like seven in the morning. Oh, and do, they do yeah. a little hydrotherapy? Yeah, it's, it's some dope that. stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's always nice to have a little bit of cold water in the morning. Wake I love that. Wake Lymphatic system. How did this all of a sudden reverse to me being, and I fell into it. I told you I'm taking over the podcast. That was very sophisticated the way you did it because I just fell for it. Listen, I'm so good. Like You are good. Thank you. On my sick days, <laughs> will you do this show for me? Absolutely. Unfortunately, if your never, audience likes it. Not going to I never get sick. Oh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> your audience might like me a lot better, so we'll I, see. I feel like they <laughs> All right, look, before we end this, yes. can you just... I, I ask people this now and then, what is, let's switch it up. I would usually say, tell me three things that are important for people to take home for their own health. But since we were on the topic of relationships and self-growth, sure. name one of the most important things that someone needs to do to realize a lot of these things that we're talking about, letting go of their scars, being able to come into a relationship in one way. Mm. What's something so important in your opinion that you think that people need to do yeah. To realize this for themselves. Mm. One thing. Oh, man. <clears throat> or 10. Just whatever you vibe <laughs> with. Um, let's see. I, uh, well, oh, man. This, th- this is a loaded question, dude. This is a loaded question. I would say. What's important? Just say, what's really important for somebody yeah. to come, come forward with? I, you know, perception is uh, based on your own reality. And in my reality right now, I think that being able to develop a solid and strong relationship with yourself is always the most important, right? Before diving into anything else. I think being able to sit down and be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. is going to help a lot, whether it has anything to do with your professional life, personal life, any of your friendships. I think being able to be real and authentic with yourself Mm -hmm. is always the most important. And that's what, right, that's what we're all working towards, right, is just trying to be a little bit more genuine and a little bit more authentic. Because I think that the word authentic just kind of gets thrown around all the mm-hmm. time and people focus so much on being authentic that it's inauthentic. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think just being able to like sit with yourself and just accept you for who you are is going to be eons better than right. anything else. Right. And do yeah. they do that via what journaling, talk? How, like how can they put that into oh, practice? Oh, so like a self-care practice. Yeah. Um, I think whatever resonates the best with you. For mm-hmm. me, a self-care practice is being able to dance okay. and having some type of like expression and flow. Creative expression. Creative expression is huge. Um, I think that we are so left brain dominant in our society mm-hmm. that we need to kind of stimulate our right brain a little bit, you yeah. know, express yourself in a way that feels really good to you, whether it's journaling, mm-hmm. maybe lighting up some Palo Santo, uh, making a nutritious meal in the kitchen mm-hmm. or just having a podcast with a friend yeah. or a laugh with a friend, whatever makes you feel good is a self-care practice. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean having a bath bomb with like flowers and shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's yeah. not a eucalyptus Meditating shower. on a hill uh, with yeah. the wind no, 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 blowing. No, 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 yeah. no. Keep it simple. 
do things that you love, that's a self-care practice. I love that. Yeah, All right. So keep it simple. can the audience not do that? Well, let's do it. Let's put it yeah, in practice. Let's fucking do it. Dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is, this is the <laughs> empowerment side of us, right? Yes. Um, well, thank you for making me think about myself deeper. I know I have goosebumps a little bit. <laughs> and thank you for being an amazing guest. Thank um, you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's I been a long time coming. We've been talking been. about doing this collab for a while yeah. and we did it. We did it. Fuck Look, yeah. this is thought into manifestation. Hell yeah. How powerful Always. are we? Okay. High five. Much yes. love. Thank you. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for watching. Uh, that was a really fun show. Um, we had a lot of really good conversation. I hope you all were able to one, take home some really good tips on how to go shopping for some stuff, learn about BPA, which is a nasty, a nasty, and really empower yourself about how to find a naturopathic doctor and go into a loving relationship with yourself and others. All right. Next week, beautiful show. Thank you all for listening. High vibrations, high gratitude. I'm out.